How's everybody doing today? Good? Well, there's a distinguished guest here today. I, I believe you heard the Holy Spirit and led him here today. And I guess God told him I was going to speak today, so he came to bless me. So I want to just honor uh, Pastor Pat Benny for being here. <laughs> Raise your hand. Raise your hand, Pat. Known Pat for a while. He used to minister in this area, and I don't know. Maybe God's bringing him down here to us. So we'll see what happens. And that's Don Paul, another minister. Yeah, and Don Paul is a good friend. Well, anyways, I just want to um, uh, explain kind of what occurred uh, last weekend, and um, um, this is pretty heavy because this kind of like shocked my paradigm, and. Um, it's really transformed me as well, which is really good. But, you know, Gary's been teaching on uh, spiritual warfare and the dynamics and, and how to be effective and how to draw the enemy in the, into the light instead of having the enemy drawing us into darkness. And so he had uh, all the charts up last weekend, and there was the list of the, of the things, the enemy, the six major uh, uh, tactics he has. And as he was speaking, um, the little voice in the voice was going, the Holy Spirit was speaking to me, and the word hatred kept standing out. And I was like, that's interesting. And because um, I didn't think I had, I, I wasn't, I didn't hate anybody, but I was just, it, just, it kept standing out. It was highlighted in the Spirit. And then, uh, not to, uh, to diminish what Gary was doing, but he led me to First John chapter 4, and he started highlighting some things in the Word. So... Um, it was interesting, and, and, and that afternoon I, I went home, and God started dealing with me. And um, um, he, he was showing me that I had a root of bitterness in my heart that was uh, uh, um, repressed. And he showed me the person, and he showed me what was going on. And I just believe it was his grace and mercy that this was a time that he dealt with it. And um, uh, he showed, he, what God did in the spirit realm, he separated the demonic assault that worked through that person. So I was able to separate the assault from the person. And then I believe in my heart there was like true forgiveness towards the per- person. Now we're, we're called to hate evil, but you know, a lot of times the enemy uses people to facilitate his agenda. That's what Gary's talking about. And our, a lot of times when we, you know, we have these embattlements in our mind and what's going through our mind, we have to fight that and keep our mind in the right place. But when that doesn't work, the enemy just sends people left and right. I mean, yesterday, I mean, I, I'm, I was, I, I, you know, the, obviously the devil knew I was going to preach as well because yesterday I knew I shouldn't have been on my cell phone. I was on my cell phone and I got it left and right. It came at me from every direction. And it, my mom was one of the people. I had a, a, a person from the past I had who I had tested on Thanksgiving just to say hi. And, and there was a bunch of stuff from him. I was like, so it, it just comes at you. So, so the point was that, you know, I, I, for, and this is like six years. Okay, six years I had, I had psychologically or subconsciously pushed this thing down to the bottom of my heart. Now, mind you me, most of the time I'm, I'm a really great person. I'm fun to be around. I get annoyed. You know, you can push my buttons, but I didn't realize that wound that I had, that was I, I had pushed down. And I, I could sense in my heart, like 95% of my heart was good, but at the bottom, there was there was something there. And I always thought it was warfare, and, and I go in and I started, you know, declaring and binding the enemy and casting down. And I really believe that you can go into the spirit realm without the anointing and the authority and, and whack the devil, because I've done it. But I believe there's a place that you can get when you walk into communion to God, that it, it, something shifts, and this is what I want you guys to get today. Something shifts where you're able 
to really tap into the presence of God and the anointing. And, and when you humble yourself to be obedient to the word, God imparts to you grace. And this is not scriptural. This is, this is an Eric adage or a denim of the Bible. But I really believe that there's, the power is encased in the grace. And when you go in that place, God, he brings his spirit upon you and the light hits you and it repels the darkness out of your life. And that's what he was kind of showing me with, with this dynamic. So uh, after I, I, he dealt with me on Sunday and I, and, I, and I dealt with this. Now, here's the whole irony. OK, when this thing went down, it was major. OK, I went to this person, I think, five times and I repented. I looked to restore the relationship, but he wouldn't restore the relationship. And so that left a bad taste in my mouth. So I believe there's a difference between, you know, being in an embattlement and being in bitter, I mean, uh, being having hatred or resentment and having bitterness. And why I say that, and I want to get into some scriptures, because this is important that you guys get this today, because I really think it's the key, it's probably the key weapon is to learn how to tap into the light so that we can dispense and destroy the works of darkness. Uh, and so when that, that root of bitterness stayed there, I, I, I was living in pretense for six years. And I would press into God, like, wondering, you know, God would still use me. I'd get prophetic words for people. I, I, I had some, you know, residual, you know, you know he, he, he monetized my life to stabilize me so that I wouldn't completely, be completely on the street. I think it was just the grace of God until, like, last Sunday. Uh, uh, and, and, and so these are these little dynamics. And so I had something recently as well, and, and, and God showed me. He was teaching me. And I had some people come at me the weekend prior and God protected me, and I prayed with Paul, and I got really, you know, it was really harsh. I mean, what people were doing, because right now I'm in financial obscurity, and people are ridiculing me, and it's because I had to go through this process to get to the end of my rope, so I believe that God could heal my heart, remove any foundation of Satan, so he can bring the blessing that's waiting for me, that's been set up for me with all the sowing and all the things that I've done, and plus the divisions that I have that he wants to monetize. So I went, and I had a friend help me, and I had a bad day that day. And I was riding with him in the car, and so I vented a little bit, and, they, and, and this person kept coming at me, coming at me. I said, listen, I don't want to talk about this right now. I just need to vent. No, you're not going to sit in my car and, and, and bring this. And I said, listen, will you back off? I mean, I'm driving from Malibu back to Santa Monica, and i got to sit in this car 20 minutes getting berated by this person. And so, I, you know, I, I backed away, and, and, I, and I, just, I, I had to bite my tongue. It was, it was getting really, it was getting asinine. And this is a Christian. This is not some, you know, worldly person, some, you know, some punk. It's a Christian, you know. And that's what's really hard. And, you know, Gary's talking about it. A lot of times it's going to be the people that are on the inside that the enemy uses. So, it's, number one, you have to be prepared. It can come from anywhere. So, I'm sitting in the car, and I, and I leave, and, 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 and I had to walk away from the car because I, I didn't want to go inner city on this person. I mean, I grew up in the inner, I'm a Marine. I grew up in, in the inner city of Detroit. You know, I don't take, you know, but that was the thing. When, when this wound came in from the past, I was in a, you know, I was on, on the outside court. I was in a carnal position. So I was trying to justify giving myself permission to go at this person. Thank God I didn't do that because I would have blasted this person. And, and um, you know, and, and, you know, you know the same. enough is enough, you know. So, anyways, I left, and, and, and this person texted me back, and we, and we apologized over texting. But, and I said, okay, and I apologize for, you know, whatever, you know, not being, you know, spiritually immature and, and, and not, you know, uh, you know, venting when I shouldn't have been venting or whatever. But 
that was on like an, on, on a Tuesday, but I, I felt the spirit of God like on my heart, like Tuesday, Wednesday till Thursday, and then I had to call them and say, listen, you know, I, I've forgiven you. But I have resentment towards you right now, and I need to deal with this with you. And I want to. I said, I'm sorry for what I did, and I, forgive me for having resentment towards you. And so that was the dynamic that happened six years ago that I had to learn this time. So when this stuff comes at us, the thing is that we have to realize there's there's a way to deal with it. And and I want to talk about it in the scripture so that we understand this 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 process so that you don't become a casualty of getting suckered into this. Because I'm going to tell you something, it's going to come at you. And it's a real easy way to deal with it. Does that make sense? So, so it was a dynamic. It really, I mean, it really transforming. So, um, um, it, I want to continue where Gary's been on, on on spiritual warfare, and I've kind of modified Zhao's book, you know, the Art of War. We, we put, I put the Art of Spiritual War. So, uh, Sebastian, can you go to the first, or actually the second slide? And I want to talk about, you know, uh, our spiritual application because there's a natural way to deal with things. There's military tactics. There's military strategies. I'm a Marine, and our philosophy was go in and blow them up and let God sort them out. You know, that's what really kind of irks me right now in the military. They send the Marine Corps in to be police officers. The Marines are not police officers. Okay, when you, when, you, when you decide to call the, the Marine Corps, you want somebody removed, period. That's what their job is. So they've kind of watered down this, this politically correct, this, this agenda we have right now. is not good for the Marines, but we have to go in and we have to abide by the chain of command. But that was our strategy, okay? What's the objective? Where's the enemy? Let's go take them out. We bring all the arsenal, all the guns, all the, all the hand grenades, all the rocket launchers, everything is, and we go in and, and, we, and, we, and we just destroy it. Now, if you saw the first Gulf War, how long did it take for us to annihilate the, the, the Iraqi army? I said 30, I, I was at home in Detroit with my parents that, that year. I said, I said less than a month, and it was about 30 days. And they were completely annihilated. So, so there, there's no army on this earth that contend with the U.S. Army. Everyone thinks that the Chinese army is substantial. They're not substantial. I guarantee you that even with our forces, our third of their forces, we'll still take them out if we're allowed to go in and play war. I mean, that's my personal opinion. So there's, there's strategies in the natural to deal with this stuff. But as Christians, we're not called to flow in that. And it says in 2 Corinthians 10, For we walk in the flesh, but we do not war according to the flesh, or have a humanistic approach. For the weapons of our warfare are not fleshly, but divinely powered or backed by God's anointing for the destruction of fortresses, wrong mindsets, wrong approaches to dealing with adversity or situations. We are destroying these speculations and lofty things, counterproductive spiritual attitudes, raised up against in conflict with the word of God. And I'm adding my perception of what the scripture says. And, and we are taking every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ or the word of God or what God instructs us to do in those situations. And we are ready to punish all disobedience whenever uh, your obedience is complete. So, so this is our tactics. There's, there's ways to do this. And as, as Jay was saying, we have to know what God's M.O. is. Okay? It's easy for me to get a gun and go blast somebody. I, it's, it's the easy way to eradicate the problem. But we have to love the people. Unfortunately, you know, 95% of the people in the church are being used by the enemy. So you, first, first of all, what you realize, I'm standing up here exposing my life, and I don't ever want to, to be in a position 
to, to be used by the enemy and not take responsibility and apologize for what I've done. I, I, 95% of the time I do that. There might be, so I can't, I'm not going to go back and hash the past, but there might be some times where I did, I did something to somebody and I didn't go apologize, but I look to make it right. That's the first you know, responsibility as a Christian. But most Christians don't do that, do they? You have a bad day, and you, and you look at them, and they're waiting for an apology. You never get it, and you got to cut them grace, and you got to protect your life so that you don't have bitterness and hardness. And why? I'm going to show you why that's important. So this is a key factor, and it's relational. We're talking about relationships. And God is relational, and we have to be relational. And for six years, I thought I was being used by God, and I was completely obscure. Can we go to the next screen? So what is our greatest weapon? The greatest weapon is light. So we're going to jump to 1 John uh, verse, chapter 1, verse 5. So this message we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light, and in him there's no darkness at all. If we say or think that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if you walk in light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Now, I want to reverse that because I think the way it should have been written was we stay in unity with our brothers. If we stay in unity with our brothers, then we walk in the light. Then we have fellowship with the father. I'm going to, explain, I'm going to read through this a little further. You're going to see where this is correct. So, so the prerequisite to having communion with God, if I have any enmity with anybody, i got to go deal with that. Or I cannot walk into the Holy of Holies and commune with the Father. You know what's going to happen? And I've been dealing with that for, for a while now. I'm telling you from the truth. Next slide, please. So light versus darkness defined. In John chapter 2. Now I want you guys, if you will, take some time and ask God to reveal this to you. Read the book of John and read through this. And, and really get this. Verse 4. The one who says, I've come to know him and does not keep, take action or implement his commandments, which is the royal law of love and not the Old Testament law, is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps or applies his word, in him the love of God has truly been perfected. And by this we know that we are in him. And the one who says he abides in him ought to walk in the same manner as he walked. Next slide. The one who says or thinks that he's in the light and hates his brother or any person is in darkness until now. The one who loves his brother abides in light and there's no cause for stumbling in him. The enemy has no access. But the one who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. You're in deception. For six years I was in deception thinking that I dealt with that, and it was there, and I thought it was warfare, and, and I walked around as a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a wounded Christian, thinking that I'm serving God, and I had no fellowship with him. Next, next slide, number six. Actually, let's skip that one. That's a whole other another message. We'll do that one later. I want to stay on the relational thing right now. I mean, there's, there's loving the world. If you, if, you, if you get into spiritual adultery, there's another factor with the love factor. But let's stick with the relational stuff right now. So in, in 1 John chapter 3, it says, For this is the message we have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another, not as Cain, who was, e was of the evil one and slew his brother. And for what reason did he slay him? Because his deeds were evil and his brothers were righteous. The guy was jealous. 
Do not be surprised, brethren, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death into life because we love the brethren. He who does not, uh, abide, who he who does not love abides in death or is completely disconnected. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. And this blew my mind. I was, I, I, I was worthy of capital punishment. Not because I literally took the gun and, 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 and blasted somebody, but when you have hate or bitterness towards any person, according to God's eyes, you're a murderer. Jesus said, it's not what you do. The law said, if you do this, this was the recompense. He says, if you think you are guilty. And I walked around, and because of the bitterness, I gave myself the permission to be judgmental. Uh, you know, go here, do this, don't do that. And it was my job to tell people how to live their life. And, and I, 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 had, I had not a log in my eye. I, my eyes were spray-painted black. And I'm walking around judging other people. And I had no right to, but that's what happens. The enemy gets you in the one area, and then you become a judge. God says, don't judge anybody. Don't even judge yourself. And then I took on the, the enemy's and I'm judging myself. And I, when I would blow it and I would fall into sin because the enemy hit me and I, I wasn't able to stand because I didn't have the anointing. And I started beating myself up. You're a loser, Eric. I started judging myself. And, and I became a prophet of the devil. It's what Gary was been teaching on. You get used by the enemy left and right because you're in darkness. And God calls us to walk in the light. So the prerequisite, the first is, is it's foundationally is to stay in relationship of love of people in spite of what they do. I have no right. I don't care what they do. They crash my car, burn my house. I have no right to be embittered, mad, or judge them. My job is to walk in the goodness of God and allow God to be my defender and bring recompense to my life. Harsh. Can we go to the next one, Sebastian? Eight? Yeah, 16. Uh, we know love, and, and this, there's, you know, we, there's levels of love. Any theologian could tell you the highest level of love is the agapeo. And if you study that word out, and this is what's really important, this is what stood out in me, and this is going to be my new uh, order for life, uh, this agape love, is that he laid down his life for us, and we had to lay down our lives for the brethren and to, get, uh, to serve and give to others. That's our, our, our requirement. He says, but whoever has the world's goods and sees his brother in need and closes his heart against him. And if you study uh, 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 Genesis 15, or I mean, excuse me, Deuteronomy 15, that's when you talk about having an evil eye. If you have substance and you see somebody's need, you go, well, I pray for you, I hope you make it, and you walk away, you have evil in your heart. You're a murderer, according to God's standard. You're cut off from the love of God. Because your love, the love is supposed to flow from him to you. And we're not supposed to judge, well, I don't know why you're there. You're an addict or, you know, you don't deserve this. I'm not supposed to judge. If there's a need and I can meet that need, I'm not saying to go, you know, hand out wads of money to people that are going to abuse it. But you can go buy them food and go buy them clothes and, and, and be a friend to them for a time. And, and then while you're there, you know, pray for them, see if they'll receive the Lord. And we it, it get to the place where we're flowing in the pureness of God. We can actually pray for them and get them delivered, get them in their right sense of mind so they can get back into life and become a, uh, an asset to society instead of a detriment. That's what we're called to do. And then, you know, invite them to church. What a great concept that is. When's the last time you invited anybody to go to church? Paul. <laughs> or Don Paul, excuse me. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> okay? So, so the highest, when I, when I say love, remember, love and faith are going to work together. Love is an action. It's not just an emotion or a mindset. They are congruent 
So there has to be some relief. I'm going to show you another weapon with this. So little children, let us not love with word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. We will know by this, when we're giving to people and, and, and loving them and caring about them, that we are of the truth and will assure our hearts before him. And whatever our heart condemns us, if we have any conviction, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. You can't punk God or fool God. He knows what's going on. He knows our heart, and it's evident by our actions, by your fruit. So if we're not fulfilling this mandate, we're, 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 we're neglecting our number one responsibility, which is to flow in love. With that brings the light, which will dispense and destroy darkness. The best way to kill evil and, and, and hatred is, is to do good to them. Now, the other segue God gave me is in Romans 12. You should read the last half of that chapter. And those two ch- chapters have transformed my life. But you're not supposed to take any action except for loving people. And so what God showed me, the best thing to do is when somebody comes at you, go, go get them a gift. You know, go, go do, find out what their biggest need is and bless it if it's in your capacity to do that. And if you can do that, that's the weapon when you humble yourself. God will put grace on you. His spirit will come around you and camp around you. The angels will be there. And, and the love of God will destroy that darkness. Next slide. Beloved, if your heart does not condemn you, that we have confidence both for God. Now, here's the kicker in verse 22. Then whatever we ask, we receive from him. We get answered prayer because we keep his commandments and do the things that are pleasing in his sight. This is his commandment that we believe or have faith in the son of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he commanded us. Faith and love work together. You can have faith and no love and get into 1 Corinthians 13. Give your body to be burned, you know, all that factor. You're still, that's, you're, you're, you're in the outer court and you're looking to perform your own righteousness, establish your own, look what I did, look how much I've given, now where's my reward for my giving attitude. That's you got these two things work, they're, 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 they, 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 they can't, you, it's like having a car without an engine. You can't have faith without walking in that pure kind of love and connect with God and see the benefit of that, of the kingdom. The one who keeps his commandments, the royal love abides in him and he in him. And we know this, that he abides in us by his spirit whom he has given us. And here's another important factor behind, behind staying in communion with God in love. So we're on slide 10 versus, uh, keep going. Yeah, there we go. Now, in chapter 4 of 1 John, we have, we have come to know and believe the love of God. Um, which God has for us, God is love, and the one who abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. Covenant is broken with God when we harbor darkness towards others, have hatred or evil or bitterness or any of the vices of the enemy or, or carnal responses to negativity or whatever uh, is coming at you. We don't, we, we're, we're, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. We don't respond that way. We don't get our AK-47 and blast, which is our, your, your, your words. Or you get, you get really bad, you get in the fisticuffs. <laughs> Do the D12 action, right, Eddie? <laughs> By this, love is perfected with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment. So your shame disappears. That's how you get rid of shame. You walk in love, you humble yourself. God, God's spirit anoints you and, and restores you so you don't, you're, not, you're not an enmity with God because you're an enmity with people. There's no reciprocity operating in that, in that facet. Because he is, so we are in the world. And here's another thing. Uh, there is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. 
So if you, if you say you have fear, that must mean that your love is not perfected. That means you're not loving enough the people around you because if you love the people enough around you and you get off your circumstances and I don't have any money right now and I got to go to work and you get caught in the cares of life and the deceitfulness of riches, but you actually go out and find somebody that has a need and you meet that need, it gets your mind off your funky stuff and what's not going right, you get your mind right, you go in there and then God starts to work in your life, you start feeling the presence of God. If you go to the next screen, before I get too far ahead of myself. If we love because he first loved us, if someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. It's impossible. So don't fool yourself. And this is a commandment that we have from him, that, that the one who loves God uh, should love his brother also. So, so the presence brings the joy. You get that joy starts to happen. So you're, you're happy because... Not because you're circumstances, because the presence of God is on your life. And then what does the joy produce? The joy of the Lord is my strength. Then you have the strength to do what? To resist the enemy, right? So what it talks about in James, he says to, to uh, uh, God, you know, don't, don't mess with God. He gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. Submit yourself to God to do this, what he's telling you to do in the word. Resist the devil. Don't get caught into going into carnal responses, and the devil will flee from you. It's not a prayer. It's an action. It's a mindset, a conscious focus that I'm going to intentionally and intentionalize going out and finding somebody to love today by finding who has a need and meeting it in spite of what I have. So this morning when I came to church, Gary kind of punked on me because I was late, but I decided the one a day rule, minimum one a day rule. I'm going to find somebody with a need and I'm going to meet it. So I, I, I don't want, I, there's a lot of homeless people around our neighborhood right here. And, and, and a lot of them are not working, and they need food, and we know they're there. They're slothful, whatever. I'm not going to judge them anymore. I went into Jack in the Box. I got a breakfast. I walked down Broadway, and there's a guy rummaging through the, the, the garbage cans, and I had a sack of food. It was warm right from, from Jack in the Box. So he was a Latin guy. In my broken Spanglish, I said, Mira, quiero, quiero uh, comida. Oh, si, si, gracias. Gave him the food. And you should have saw, I mean, it was like, he was in shock. Like, actually, somebody took the time. To, and I didn't consider him. I said, God, you got somebody there. Who is it? And I was available to be used by God to love him in a benevolent way. Now, it may just be for a half a day. And I, I, I'm not, I don't want you to feel any condemnation or guilt that you've got to go solve the world hunger problem. One a day. And you watch what will begin to happen in your life. You'll start hearing from God. And you can go, God is, I mean, since last Sunday, he's, as a machine gun coming at me, I saw all the scriptures. And the biggest one is in, in Isaiah 58. He goes, when you, when you go feed these guys, clothe them, then the, the, the light will break forth. And then you'll hear my voice. And then, you're, then you'll be a living, you know, you'll be a, a stream. And then, you see, that's, there's the key to that. You've got, you got to get in, and you've got to prioritize at least one a day, and that's what I'm going to begin to do. As an example for a ministry, and I'm going to, I'm going to finalize this and, and kind of close it, and then I want to pray. And then I want you just to deal with, with yourself and God. I'm not, I'm not here to expose anything, but if you have anything or anybody, ask God the question, how do we resolve this so you can get back to the core of God and, and, and the Holy of Holies so that you can be uh, uh, relevant and powerful in this season right now, because that's what God wants to do. And for me, it took this long because I'm rebellious and stubborn. Don't be like me. Don't be Eric. <laughs> okay. 
But I, I remember one day I was at home, and I got a call from a, a, an evangelist friend of mine, Bob Ricky. He goes, let's go to the Dream Center. I go, why? He goes, Casey's going to be there. I go, all right, I'll go with you. So I was getting ready, and I was in my room, da, 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 throwing it on my, on my threads. And, and I heard the Holy Spirit. He goes, bring your checkbook. I go, oh, man, I hate when he does that. You know, and I don't know why, because that should be our motive. Oh, you know, God wants to bless somebody so he can bless me. You know, wrong mindset, immature mindset. So I got my checkbook, and, and I know I have like 800. At the time, my business was kind of like where it is now. <laughs> and I had like $875 in my checking account. So I'm in the car. We're driving down the 101. I hear her say, you're going to give $1,000 tonight. I go, $1,000? I go, that wasn't God. I go, I go, I don't even have $1,000 in my account. I go, so I'm, I'm justifying this, right? So I'm going in there, and, and, and I'm driving down, and we get in the meeting, and Tommy's there, and he's doing the intro and warming up the crowd for, for Matthew and, and Casey. And he gets up, and he goes, oh, we're so, you know, and, and if you ever met Tommy, he's, he's like this, I mean, he's an awesome man of God. He's just, this radiates love, and he's just so genuine, and he's so humble, and it's amazing. He's, oh, we're glad you're here, and you're a blessing to us. And, you know, and he gets in, and we got, we got this new building, and it's awesome. Look what God's doing. And, and we got this building fund that we're doing, and we're believing for 345 people to give a $1,000 seed. <laughs> I go, dang. I go, all right, Lord, I'm, like, I'm writing the check. I write, I put it in. I go, God, this is a good thing. And I so cheerfully, you know, it was kind of like almost grudgingly, but it, I, I made it cheerfully. I kind of had to force myself. And, and, and went in, and, and the next day, I got $9,000 out of the blue, didn't know where it, was, where it was coming from. Now, that's not even a testimony. Okay, if you study the pattern of what they're doing at the Dream Center, okay, their mandate was to go feed, clothe, and take care of the people in that region. That was their mandate. And what happened? Okay, I, I've listened to Matthew. I love the guy. He's not a great order. Okay, you know, but the thing is, he's fulfilling the royal law. He's going out. They've got these vans. They go out. They find these people. They don't judge them. Why are you here? You know, why? You know, what's wrong? You need to get in church and get saved, and then, then God will bless you. Or, you know, all these things that we do to judge and justify not doing what God calls to do. And because of that, these, these, the Catholic nuns gave him that big old that building down there. He got, now he's got the Angelus Temple, one of the most significant uh, religious icons in Los Angeles. Amy Simple McPherson used to like raise the dead in that place. They used to drive ambulances up there. He got it, not because he prayed for it, because he put his heart where the Father's heart was. Just to go help people and love them unconditionally by giving them what they need. And that's the lesson. So this ministry, and we, you, you guys want to grow, you don't need Gary and Karen's mandate. You just need to take responsibility. Is anybody here like 16 years old or younger? Okay, besides Pastor Benny. We, 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 we need to start taking action. You need to micromanage your own life. You need to have critical self-assessment and, and reevaluate what you're doing and get in synchronicity with this. And if we do this, guys, you don't have to ask for anything. I had this happen to me too recently, and I think it was another grace of God that God answered a prayer that I intentionalized. I didn't even pray for it. So if you're, if you're banging on the throne room and you're not getting answers and you're not getting the things that you want, even though God's called you to do that, you need to, ask, okay, you need to start asking different questions. And that's what I think was the catalyst because I was finally, not, I was finally getting more and more destitute you know, and cut off you know, from the blessing of God. I had to get all the way to the end, you know, like where you're. That's not a good metaphor, God. <laughs> so I don't want to be cut off. 
But, but, but I got to the point, I started asking different questions. Okay, why do I need to be focusing on what is going on and what needs to be addressed? And when I, and Mel Terry taught me this, that he was doing, went through the same process. You know, I'm a Catholic and you know, I'm sitting. He goes, no, you're not. You're going to hell. And he started asking different questions. And that stuck in my mind. And then God started dealing with the core issue. Because you can't get the blessing of God with the foundation of Satan in your life. Which is, you know, operating in his MOs. So, Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you for what you've done in my life. I thank you that mercy triumphs over judgment. I think you've been patient with me, Lord. Lord, I, I, I was guilty. I was a murderer, Father. I've had hatred towards your people, and, and I didn't know how to deal with it. And I pray that I learned the lesson, Lord, so I can teach people. I pray this will be a platform to bring resolve and elevation and correction and hope and strength. And, and, and resolve to the body of Christ, Father. I thank you that we'll hear these words, Lord, and uh, uh, we'll, we'll not ignore them, Father, but we'll, we'll receive them and do them. And your word promises that we, we become a doer of the word. We'll be blessed in all we, all we do. So, Father, I ask, Lord, that you would put upon the heart of the people to reach out at least once a day. That's the minimum requirement, Lord. We should be doing it even more. Uh, just to feed somebody, to bless them, to pray for them, to ask them to come to church. And, Lord, with that mindset and that focus, if we begin to put our heart there instead of looking for our own needs, it will begin to elevate, Lord. And, and you will, as we step out in that mandate, Father, that we'll see the blessing that you promised has come upon our life so that we can grow and walk in that place. And, and, Lord, if anybody's disconnected right now, I pray that your mercy would touch them. Holy Spirit, you would reveal the truth, that you would bring wholeness and correction so they could enter back in to the pureness of your of, of your spirit and we thank you lord we can tap into that on a daily basis lord as we walk in love that that you're as we humble ourselves to be obedient to your to your mandate and there's other mandates that you want us to do as well whatever it is we stay obedient you'll grace us empower us and bring victory to our life and we thank you for what you'll do starting today father in jesus name amen